Welcome back to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, running solo again today, doing the show. We got a lot to talk about. We'll be back with Dale tomorrow. We'll be giving our picks. And uh, y- y'all know, y'all know Dale's been hiding, man. Ever since I swept him in the picks, he has not wanted to be on the show. I'm just playing. He's been really busy. But I'm going to play it up like he's been scared of me. So, uh, there's that. But also, Dale and I play each other in fantasy football this weekend. And despite all the trash that he's talked this year, he's only one game ahead of me in his league. If I win this weekend and my team is getting is getting back here, ooh, he will not, and I repeat, not ever hear the end of it from me. Anyways, let's get to our top news of the day for you Steelers fans. Good news and bad news here. Uh, let's lead with the bad news. Now, this this news sort of explains more of why the Steelers went and got Avery Williamson, and it's what we were fearing here. Ulysses Gilbert III, backup inside linebacker for the Steelers, is now on IR. His back injury looks to be serious. Uh, if you remember last year, he had a back injury that actually made him miss the entire season or the rest of the season when, he, when it was designated. It was actually around the same time of the year. So, unfortunate news for... Ulysses Gilbert, uh, excuse me, Ulysses Gilbert there. But the good news for the Steelers is that coming off of the injured reserve, it's Stefan Wisniewski just in time. Now, it's not guaranteed that he's going to play this week, but the fact that Wisniewski's off of an injured reserve is a good sign that he's on his way back to playing very soon, which would give the Steelers another depth piece on their offensive line to back up should to back up anybody should they go down. Wisniewski was the initial guard that replaced Dick David DeCastro at the start of the season when DeCastro couldn't go. Of course, DeCastro's been healthy and Pouncey's been healthy and Fowley's been healthy, so everything's been good. But having Wisniewski back provides you with a little bit more flexibility because here's what you probably could do here. Gerald Hawkins has been playing well at offensive tackle as the sixth option, but maybe you're not so ready to move him in as in to replace Okorafor or Villanueva should either of them go, go down. We hope that none of that happens. But, again, if it does, maybe you don't feel so good with Hawkins. Maybe you want to move Matt Filer out to tackle. And, and you feel that you can do that because, hey, we've got Stefan Wisniewski. And you could plug him in there. But, of course, I'm not forgetting Kevin Dotson. Because here's the other option that goes in there. Either Filer or DeCastro, or, or, you know, if... if if you lose an offensive tackle and you bump and you bump Filer out to uh, Filer out to replace that tackle, having Wisniewski gives you the flexibility for if a tackle goes down and a center goes down, like Marquise Pouncey, Wisniewski can take the center position, Dotson can take the guard position, and Filer can go back to tackle where he's been more comfortable. And I would presume that if that were to happen, say it was Villanueva that went down, a core four would jump to left tackle. I'd move Filer to right because a core four is a more traditional left tackle and just the way that he's built um but you know again looking at those answers right there seeing what's happening with the um uh you know just with with the Steelers offensive line having Wisniewski back is a very good sign other good signs was that the fact that the injury report for the Steelers was very limited today or excuse me yesterday obviously I'm recording this on Wednesday um but um, the, the Wednesday injury report, which is really the first that you get of the week, wasn't that, wasn't that bad. Um, 
you know, they're getting ready to play the Cowboys. Obviously, Tyson Alulu on that list. But um, good news here for the Steelers. Cam Hayward practiced in full. Very good news for the Steelers. He had a quad injury, uh, which we, we still think were just cramps. So that just further confirms that, hey, Cam Hayward's good to go. He's going to be able to play this weekend. Now, uh, Tyson Lulu didn't practice with his knee injury. We'll see how that goes this week. Again, we got word that it's only going to be a two-week at most injury. Um, Stefan Wisniewski still didn't practice, but the fact, again, that he's off the IR, good sign for him moving forward. Um, then uh, also Isaiah Bugs had an ankle injury. He was limited, but again, being limited, better than nothing else there. Uh, Pouncey and Ben took a veter took veteran days off. Uh, Jordan Dangerfield back in full in practice there. Good sign for him. Uh, the only other guy that was that, that was listed on here, Mike Hilton, he practiced in a limited capacity. A good sign that maybe he'll be good to go soon. Uh, but again, this is a Cowboys team that has a lot of holes on it and a lot of problems with it. And right now they're talking about starting a fourth string quarterback in either uh, Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush, either of which I honestly can't tell you much about because they're not. I mean, this, this is this is the level of going and getting a Devlin Hodges. They're, they're on their fourth string guy here. They're already ready to abandon Brandon uh, or Ben DiNucci, the Pittsburgh kid, unless it's just a ruse by them to cover it up. So all in all here, good news for the Steelers. You knew Alulu was going to be out, so that, that's that's no big concern. You knew Wisniewski probably, even though he's coming off of IR, that it wouldn't be there. But the fact that he's off of IR means he's making progress and they feel comfortable about, about him coming back at some point. They're just going to have him on the roster until he's ready. Uh, Hilton practicing another good sign. Keep your eyes out if you if we see Hilton go to full tom uh, for for Thursday after this after Thursday's injury report. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the show. Um, then uh, that means he'll be good to go this weekend. Same thing for Bugs. I expect Bugs to be able to go because they need depth on that defensive line, and uh, I, I think that he's gonna he knows he needs to prove himself uh, because he does not want to give up any more time to hunt Henry Mondo. Or um or eventually even Carlton Davis uh, or Carlos Davis who uh was the guy that you know the Steelers drafted in the seventh round this year and Mike Tomlin did mention maybe using him in uh in in the in the in the upcoming games if Alulu and Hayward or anyone else was down so all that good stuff there we're gonna take a quick break when we come back I've got an interesting debate here and it's not really a debate it's more just like a just thinking out loud here but who's really defensive MVP for the Steelers. It might not be as obvious as we've thought. All that, after this. Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, running solo again. Dale will be back with us uh, tomorrow for the show. But let's have a talk here, Steelers fans, because something that I think we've said for the past year or two now is that, it, definitely last year, TJ Watt, best player on the team. Everyone felt last year that he was on fire. I think he had 14 and a half sacks or something along those lines. But he... He was the, the, you know, people were saying he was defensive player of the year for the entire NFL, let alone the Steelers. Um, and certainly this year, he's been on a pace like that yet again. You look at 
you look at you look at what he's been able to do this year. He leads the team in sacks with six and a half right now. He's got twelve tackles for loss that also leads 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 the team. I believe that also leads the NFL right now. It does. Vince Williams and him are still tied for first in twelve tackles for loss, which is crazy. The next closest is Roquan Smith, a top ten pick uh, from a couple years ago for the Chicago Bears. Um, but uh, but yeah. You look at how you look at how this uh, this defense is built. T.J. Watt six and a half sacks. That's fourth best in the NFL right now, and he's uh, he's performing very well for the Steelers. Uh, he's also had three passes defense. He also has an interception. I mean, he's still making a case for himself to be the uh, defensive player of the year this year. He also leads the NFL in quarterback hits with twenty one. The next closest is seventeen. However. You know who is that next closest person with 17 quarterback hits? It's another Steeler. It's Stephon Tuitt. Now, Tuitt has the second most sacks on the team, tied with Bud Dupree, with six total. And that means T.J. Watt only leads him by half a sack. And, of course, Bud Dupree also has six sacks. But something to remember here. Also, they they, they have the same amount of tackles at 25, uh, Watt and, Watt and uh, Tuitt do. But something to remember here is that Tuit is basically a defensive tackle. Now, officially, he's listed as a defensive end. That may come into some problems with all pro and pro bowl voting because Cam Hayward used to run into that problem. If you don't remember what I'm talking about, Hayward switched a couple years back to being a defensive tackle because he couldn't get into the pro bowl or get on all pro list because as a defensive end, you're competing against edge rushers like TJ Watt, like Khalil Mack, like Von Miller, like JJ Watt. You know, these are guys that line up on the edge where it's easier to get sacks and you're easier to be a playmaker. But Hayward's never a defensive end in or an edge rusher in that tradition. The, the defensive end for the Steelers has always been more of an interior defensive lineman because they always use that 3-4 look. A 3-4 look has the outside linebackers defend the edge like Dupree and Watt do. Um, but the Steelers traditionally now, they don't even run the 3-4 as much anymore. It's more so about, hey, those guys we've declared defensive ends, they're more defensive tackles, and then you have the defensive ends really just being Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. You know, and it's just, it's kind of technicalities and all that. So Stephon Tuitt listed as a defensive end right now, mm, that might hurt his voting down the line. But it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that he is has an extreme impact on the success of what the Steelers have had on defense. And I, I I know, and I'm not saying it's not TJ Watt who's the best player on defense, but I am saying keep an eye on this because six sacks for Stephon Tuitt as a defensive tackle through seven games is extremely impressive. And if he's able to finish the year fully healthy, that is huge. Because now you're now you're now you're looking at, um, at, at now now you're looking at a situation where if he has six sacks in seven games, that means he'll have what, twelve and fourteen. He may finish with fifteen or sixteen sacks if he stays on this pace. There's no guarantee that anyone ever stays on a pace, but if he finishes this season with fourteen sacks, even like if he just or or, or excuse me, if he twelve sacks. I'm sorry, I'm messing this up. If he finishes, if he gets to 14 games and he has he has 12 sacks, that'll be huge. So if he finishes this season with maybe 13, you know, 13 and a half, 14 sacks in the season, even he does finish with 12, that's amazing from a defensive tackle, and he will immediately get 
you know, considerations for team MVP and hopefully get it for Pro Bowl and all pro, all pro listings. Now, when you look at those sack numbers across the NFL, again, Stephon Tewitt's second most with quarterback hits with 17. That's even ahead of Aaron Donald, who's right behind him with 15. But you look at those sack numbers across the NFL. NFL, uh, Aaron Donald leads the NFL tied with Miles Garrett for nine overall. It's just amazing that Aaron Donald is who he is. Uh, by the way, H2P. Uh, Brandon Grant, seven sacks. He's he's in third. Now, again, Watt tied for fourth. He's got six and a half. He's tied with Khalil Mack and Jason Pierre-Paul, another edge rusher type. But right behind them, again, is Stephon Tuitt. He's got the seventh most sacks in the NFL with six. Now, And you look at the other guys around him. Everyone else is an edge rusher. Guys that are tied with him. So Darius Smith, Emmanuel Aqua, Bud Dupree, um, even guys that are right behind him. Bradley Chubb, Montez Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Alden Smith, all these guys, they're traditional edge rushers. It is fantastic for Stephon Tuitt to, to have six sacks as an interior defensive lineman, and maybe, maybe he is ready to surpass Cam Hayward and become that guy who is the next best edge, interior pass rusher next to Aaron Donald. Because Cam Hayward's really been that for the past two, maybe three seasons. And if he's that, if he's keeping up, if he's keeping pace, if if, if this pace continues for both him and TJ Watt, say at the end of the season, uh, they, they double the, by 14 games. They're seven games right now. By 14 games, if TJ Watt finishes with, he's on pace for 13 sacks, and two it gets to 12 sacks. And the last two games, say each of them get another sack themselves. Uh, you're talking about, you know, T.J. Watt having, you know, what, 14 sacks and it having 13. Those sacks, are, I mean, sacks are, are important wherever they come from. But the but fact, when you're getting sacks coming up the middle, it does so much more damage to an opponent because an edge rusher is, is, is kind of expected. But when you're blowing up the middle of an offensive line, you make it near impossible for an offense to function. An edge rusher... Oftentimes that means, hey, you you're the, you had the natural path to the quarterback. Everything just kind of worked out. You won that matchup. Um, but a quarterback can at least, if an edge rusher is coming most of the time, can at least say, okay, I have a pocket. It's it's crumbling. Let me get out of here. If a guy's in your face in the middle of the hole, the hole just like you see Stephon Tuitt being, that's where the problem lies. That's where you're gonna that that that's where you see people on the side, and that's why Aaron Donald is. The, the best defensive player in the NFL, and I think he's going to win that award this year. But, man, I don't know. If Stephon Tewitt stays on this t this tear, it's going to be a serious debate. Is it him or TJ Watt who are the, 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 M the MVPs of this team? Because either one are just chaotic problems for the Steelers, for, for, for other teams. And it seems really that the Steelers and Kevin Colbert years ago when Stephon Tewitt wasn't, you know, be able to play full seasons, they paid him big money to stay here for long for a long time. And some Steelers fans were like, "Okay, cool, but but you know what? You know how does he? How is he really? You know when will he? When will he ever earn this?" And right now, I'm telling you, he's earning it. He stays healthy. It's a big deal, and it's such a big deal that I think that he might deserve. The chance to be the team's the team's MVP, and who knows? Maybe he gets on. He goes on a tear at some point, 
especially against this this Dallas offensive line, and then he gets the twice two games against the Bengals and uh, another game against the Browns. Maybe he does end up putting himself into that defensive MVP conversation if he continues to tear people apart. But again, this is just a reminder: keep your eye on Stephon Tuitt as well as T.J. Watt this year. Who's playing out? And also, I wouldn't put away Bud Dupree in that conversation either. He's got six sacks off the edge. He's right behind Bud. Dupree. He's right behind T.J. Watt as well. So it's crazy to think, but it's also just another sign of how great this defense is this year. And you have several players that you talk about in that capacity. Great stuff there. We're gonna take a quick break. We come back. It's don't get me started. What got me started? Find out. Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started with this new playoff format I'm hearing about potentially happening in the NFL. This is Don't Get Me Started, the rant segment of the DK Steelers podcast, where I'm Chris Carter here, just, uh, you know, doing my thing where I tell you what's stupid or what I don't like, what I rant about something, but what I really don't think, or I guess you could say, what what grinds my gears, if you're an old school Family Guy fan, but what grinds my gears is this new playoff thing they're proposing. They're talking about potentially adding... Two more teams to the playoffs, one in each conference, and in doing so, make it so that there are 16 teams in the NFL playoffs. No! No! Stop! And forget all the the, the hoopla about the Steelers and how unfair it is to them. No, I wouldn't say forget it. We'll briefly address this because my biggest point isn't about the Steelers, but it would still be insanely unfair to the Steelers if this was done. Because what, as we understand this would do, what it would do is it would take away, the NFL wants to do this in case they have to cancel a game and then this way they could get the revenue back with more playoff, with more playoff games, which it would get those numbers. But what it also would do is it would take away the bye week from those teams that are the one seeds. Because this year they added a seventh playoff team to each conference, which takes away the two seed from getting a buy buy in the playoffs, which I think, which I thought the whole time was stupid. I, I I've I've always loved the, the NFL playoff system. Keep me six teams. So this year it was told to all the teams you got to fight to get the one seed if you want a bye week. But now, with this new proposal, if it passes and if it becomes true. You don't even get that. And it's so crazy because now the Steelers are in line to get the one seed for the first time since, what, 2004? I think that's the last time this Steelers team had a one seed. Legitimately. I mean, come on. That's not fair. Not in the least. And and again, this, was after, this, is, a, this is a Steelers team that lost its bye 
back in week back in it was supposed to have a week nine by this was supposed to be the team's bye week as I believe. Maybe it was week eight, but either way, midseason bye. No, I think it was was was, was week nine. This supposed to be the, their midseason. Give everyone a break. Tyson Alulu would get a break right now. He'd be back healthy. Mike Hilton would get a break. He'd be back healthy. Cam Hayward get a break. He'd be back healthy. You get another week to practice with Avery and Williamson. Everything would be gravy right now. But no, they lost their bye. Why? Because another team broke the COVID violations. Another team violated pro protocol. Didn't do everything they could to protect their players. Or maybe their players themselves didn't do everything to protect themselves. Either way, the fault is not of the Steelers for why they had to get the bye week. And again, I don't think it's atrocious that they had to lose the first bye week. But now you're talking about potentially taking away the bye week that they earned. Now you're talking about, hey, not only do we take your midseason bye away, you if you do finish away, finish it for, for, for the for, with the first overall seed, heck, they can go 16-0 and not get a bye. And how insanely stupid would that be? How unfair would that be? It would be the worst. It'd be stupid. And I said I wouldn't spend much time on this, but I guess I just did. But that right there would be ridiculous. And the Steelers would have every right to complain to the NFL and say, you guys are full of it. And it, I, I believe it would be the first NFL team <laughs> to go undefeated that wouldn't that would have to, you know, play in a wild card round. And then they're hurt up because they played through a long season where they again never really got their bye because they practiced through half of their bye week before they knew it was their bye week because of the Titans and uh the Titans, you know, breaking the rules. But hey, you know, that's, that's 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 just how the NFL rolls. Let's just move the Steelers over. And again, the Steelers are past it. They said, hey, we worked with it. We're going to get this done. We're, and they are. They're 7-0. and You moved their bye week. You moved Baltimore's bye week to before the week that you played, that the Steelers had to go on the road and play the Baltimore Ravens after they just went on the road to play the Tennessee Titans, who were the, the, the COVID-19 violators. And they beat the Tennessee Titans. They go on the road. They beat the Ravens in their house after their bye week that was moved to disadvantage, that was moved in a way that disadvantaged the Steelers. It wasn't too disadvantaged to Steelers, but it did. It's just a fact. And they still made it not matter. And they're just taking every challenge that they get. And now you want to potentially take away this spot. Now, the only way that this would be negated is if we said, hey, here are, we're going to, we are going to add eight teams, but we do, we just double up on the wild card rounds. And instead, maybe we take the one and two seeds, we give both of them their buys again. And then the eight seed plays the sixth seed or the fifth seed and then the sixth seed plays the seventh seed and then those two the winner of those two games go and play the, the three and four seeds now i know i just said a lot of numbers but again here's the breakdown what i'm suggesting would make more sense if they went to this style of playoff instead of making the one seed play the eight seed like what happens in the nhl and the nba playoffs which i think is way too many teams in the playoffs in the first place instead of doing that the one and the two seed are, again, awarded bye weeks. So in your mind, picture the bracket, one and two seed, they don't play week one. They also wouldn't play week two because in the playoffs, you would have the, the you know, again, so now the three the three seed is the third best division winner in the, in the, in the, in the conference. 
the fourth seed is the is the fourth best is, is the fourth best division winner in the conference, and then you get four wild card teams, teams that didn't win their division, that are now that that but they had the, the four next best records after the division winners. And what you would do is that's the that's the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth seed. You'd have the worst record that made the playoffs, that eighth seed. That again, it's ridiculous that they'd be there, but hey, you have them play the five seed, and if whoever wins that game. They move on to play the three or the four seed, and then the same goes for the six versus the seventh seed. They move on to play, and then the the third seed gets the gets the the lower the worst team remaining, and the the fifth, and then the fourth seed gets the other best team, you know, the, the best team remaining, based off of seeding. And then and then after the winner of that, then you go to the actual divisional round, and now you've given the one and the two seed two weeks off. Now maybe that's a little too much, but in, in today's NFL, I think people would welcome that. Because they get a chance to rest for a while and study all their opponents. So, just me, but I think that would be a better solution. But you know what would be a better solution than that? Not doing it at all! Because I hate, and I mean I hate, the idea of, of having 16 teams in the playoffs. It's stupid. What I've loved about the NFL playoffs for years is that there's only 12 teams. Now, the, I, I, I do admit, and again, we, I did talk about this a little bit on Morning Java, so if you're hitting this again for me a little bit, I apologize. But I, you know, when I'm with Tom and I'm on Morning Java, it's just me, and I'm happy, Chris Carter, and I'm fun, and I'm cheery, and I'm professional, and now I'm here to rant. And my rant is about how stupid 16-team playoffs are. Now, college basketball... Different story. March Madness is great. Do it all the time. I love it. It's my favorite playoff that's not the NFL playoffs. The best thing in sports. But NBA? Eh. I mean, back in the day it made more sense when it was a five when it was a five game series. One of my five favorite five game series of all time was the Knicks. They, they, at the time they were my Knicks. When Allen Houston and Patrick Ewing and Charlie Ward and Larry Johnson, they took on the one seed Miami Heat. And they took them down. And Allen Houston hit the, lay, the layup at the buzzer. And it was beautiful. I was like, oh, it's the greatest upset of all time. You know, that, that was them. But that doesn't happen anymore in the NBA. You don't see eight seeds taking one seed. It's just, it's just not a thing. And especially now that they moved it to seven-game series in, that, in the first round. It doesn't work anymore. Hockey, I feel the same way. Now, granted, we did just see the 24th. The Penguins lose to a 24th seed in, in the NHL. <sighs> I still say that's the worst playoff, you know, loss, series loss, whatever in Pittsburgh history. How you lose to someone that low. But, uh, again, I look at that and I just, I, I don't have as much interest in the first round to watch it. Because it just feels like you're just playing diluted, diluted ball. And, again, for football, it's even worse because hockey and basketball are sports where you can play three times a week. And they do. If you played three times a week in football, people would die. And I'm not joking. People would because it would just be too much on their bodies. It's too physical of a game. And if you do these playoffs... And you add all these extra teams, you're cheapening the playoffs. You're cheapening the value of what it means to be good enough to make the playoffs by adding these more teams. 
who wants to see the 6-10 and 10 Cowboys or Washington football team or whoever is 6-10 and 10 this year, maybe the Chargers or the Raiders or the Browns even, who wants to see them go up against a one seed or like in my system it would be a three seed or no, I'm sorry, a five seed and say, ooh, let's see how who wins that game. No, you weren't good. Get out of here. You don't make the playoffs. Your season's done. You stunk. You don't deserve to be here. That to me, I just don't, I don't see that as a problem. I mean, how many times have you sat through, think about it, how many times have you sat through a boring wild card game? You can think of them right now. Chiefs Titans, Chiefs Texans, Texans Titans. It's a lot of Texans and Titans in there. But you get my point. You get more games like that. And who wants to watch those? Now, I say this because, I say this, but, you know, if they did this in three, two, two, three months from now, whenever the playoffs would start, I'd be sitting here with my, with my, with my beer and my burger, and I'd be like, oh, i got to watch this game. So I do admit, I, I may be full of it there. But I just don't think, you know, you'll need to do that. As a consumer, I'm fine. I have enough games. And you're listening to the football junkie telling you you have enough games. I'm one of the people that says that when football's done, I'm like, man, this, this stinks. I wish there was more football. But at the same time, not at the cost of the brilliance of the sport. Not at the cost of the players who already put their bodies on the line way too much in this game. And that's just it. I think the NFL, what they have, is perfect. I don't say what they had is perfect. I think that seven teams in the playoffs is still too much. I think what the NFL had with six teams on one conference, six teams on another, that's how it should be. 16 games. Maybe add an extra bye week if you want to add another regular season in you know week of games in there. Give players another break, or don't even add more games necessarily. Just stretch the games out so you have you can get more revenue because more people are watching less games um, on on different weekends because you stretch the season out a little bit longer. But either way, any of those options would be infinitely better than a sixteen team playoff. It's just too damn much. Ugh. I just hit him with the Rick Ross. Noah, you should appreciate that. I know you're a Rick Ross fan. That's Don't Get Me Started. Y'all got me started. And this has been Don't Get Me Started on the on the DK Steelers podcast. Thanks for listening so much. Um, again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Please rate, this, rate, the, show, rate the show here five stars with a positive comment. Um, the DK Podcast Network, we've got DK's Daily Shot. We've got all the shows on here. Got a lot of great stuff coming at you. Again, st- tune in tomorrow. Dale and I will, will pick all the games this weekend. I'll remind him how he got swept last weekend, and now he's done a total of five, count them, five games in our pick derby. Um, and uh, also, we can talk some fantasy football trash, baby. Woo! And then we'll also, of course, predict the Steelers and the Cowboys and give you final scores on that. All that tomorrow. Thanks for listening.